Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining us. We want to be encouraging to you because there's much to be encouraged about. We want to present to you the Union Gospel Mission. I got two of the guys that graduated from the program. We don't normally hire people off the program, but both of these men uh, came to the mission, went through the program, and there was something so very special about the two of them that we wanted to make sure that, that you know, we had that rule. I want them out into the world to experience the world, to come back still walking with Christ but in these two guys' uh, case, we just, you know, there was something special about them. I have Willie Magana with me. Willie, hello. say hello to everybody. Hello, hello. And I have Matthew Byro with me as well. Matthew, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. And so we had talked about their life, their families, uh, the restoration, and that is one of the greatest things is restoration of families. Um, you know, when a person gets into their addiction, they usually destroy all the relationships around them at some juncture. At first, they can kind of handle it. They've got jobs. They've got money. And so the addiction is noticed by family. But it's not a big deal yet because, well, you know, yeah, dad gets drunk on the weekend or whatever. But he's still going to work, and he's still going to the ball game once in a while. But then what happens after that is as that addiction starts to take over, it's like the blob. You remember that old movie, Mm -hmm. The Blob? where it just starts to grow and take over and swallows everything inside. And so addiction has a tendency to swallow all the good things in your life and just destroy them and drive you away from them and make you separate from your family. And so at some juncture, you're not working, you're not contributing. Uh, The alcohol, the drugs, or whatever your addiction is, has become so powerful that it rules your life. And when it says in the Bible that, that Christ came to set you free, and those that he has set free are free indeed, it doesn't mean that the minute that you come to Christ, uh, you know, I don't have any old desires or anything like that. But it does mean that you have the Holy Spirit to where at one time it, your addiction was your slave master. Yeah. And now you may be still trying to fall back into those patterns, but if you truly are born again, then the devil and your addiction are no longer your masters. Now is your part of sanctification where you're walking in a newness of life and relying on the Holy Spirit, correct? Yes. Do you guys have to rely on the Holy Spirit on a regular basis? Every single day. Yes. What is the best way uh, for a person coming off of an addiction, giving their life to Christ, and they say, but you know, Pastor, uh, I'm trying, but I just don't really feel close. What would your recommendation be? Uh, For me, it was um, practicing the things, right? Um, For um, coming off the program and and, and actually getting into my word and stuff, I I had this uh, realization that, Every single issue that I've had in my life, right, could be handled biblically, right? <laughs> and so it took a lot of the guesswork out of it for me, right? And then not only did it take the guesswork out of it, but things started to resolve themselves 
and in a better manner, right? Once I began to start, you know, loving people and and handling things in the correct way and stuff. So, um, I, I would say that, yeah. How about you? Um, you know, the biggest thing for me was having an attitude of service um, and taking Christ as an example of what He came and what He did. That He was a servant, yet He was God, and you know, doing that through the mission, through the work that we did. And then even in my own life, getting involved with my church, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, trying to help my brothers and sisters, you know, my coworkers, uh, even my family. And, and sometimes, you know, people would ask me, why are you why are you doing that? Like, you know, you're not getting anything out of it. And it's it's just, again, going from a life of selfishness or yeah, and to a life of selflessness. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me to start understanding those concepts, you know, then applying them and getting into reading and prayer. Uh, on a regular basis, not just on Sundays, right. not just, you know, when people tell us to, you know, or, or like when, you know, when we had classes and stuff, it was finding my own time, setting a time aside daily, you know, multiple times a day, you know, then in church and being involved with church um, outside of just Sundays, you know, we have a Wednesday, uh, twice a month, we have a prayer meeting and getting involved with that as well. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. It's a whole idea of putting on and putting off. Yeah. Along with putting off our addictions and putting off our our old nature, we have to put on something. And if we don't cloak ourselves in in those good things, those righteous things, right? And to your point, to open up the Word of God and to uh, open your day with it and to close your day and to... Be on your knees. I, I know some of you uh, don't pray on your knees, and that's fine. It, I, I don't know that there's any holier way to pray. But for me, I like to at least get down on my knees and pray at some times because I want, I want my heart to be humble before the Lord because I know that I have a prideful heart sometimes. And so we have to, and you said it, I don't like the little trick sayings, oh, it's all an attitude of gratitude. But in reality, it's true. When you start and you come before the throne of grace in prayer and you come humbly and you come gratefully, I mean, most people want to come in prayer with a wash list of what they want. Okay, God, I need this, 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 and this. How about you get on your knees and you pray and you thank God for the mercies that he's given you, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. So in prayer, how how important is prayer? Willie, how important yeah. is prayer? Um, for me, prayer is really important, right? Um, I talk to Matt about this a lot because I tell him that I pray on stuff all the time, not just pray, but but stop and listen and just, you know, be still and quiet, mm-hmm. right? And um I spend a lot of time just doing that. And um, in the morning, for sure, you know, um, I'm blessed to work in a place where it's okay to, you know, um, sit down, come to an office, talk to somebody about my oh, problems yes. and get mm-hmm. prayer on it. Mm-hmm. Not not like, oh, I'll pray for you later, but like right on the spot, you know. And so, um, oh, yeah. you, know, <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, right on the spot prayer. And so um, I'm blessed in, in, in that regard. So, yes, the prayer is super important, right? I, th- I think it's one of the most important things that we can do for one another and for ourselves and stuff. So, yeah. And, you know, that's absolutely true, isn't it? It's that, you know, around the mission, if you come to somebody and say, hey, listen, could you pray? They're, they're not 
usually going to say, okay, well, I'll pray for you later. Absolutely. Usually you'll get a hand on the shoulder and say, hey, let's pray right now. Mm-hmm. Because right now is usually the best time to pray, right? Yeah. Absolutely. But I liked what you said because it's really true. Prayer is is a communication. It's a two-way street. It's, it's not a, a monologue, me to God. It's a dialogue, right? And so along with that dialogue, I have to be willing to sit quietly and know that he is God, right? So how do you feel about, uh, about that same issue, about prayer and about uh, you know, going before the Lord on a daily basis and about being grateful, not just asking, right? Yeah, it's, it's extremely important. Um, you know, a big part of my program, you know, I was able to adapt to the day-to-day um, pretty well. And, and fairly quickly, you know, I, I kind of follow, you know, rules and regulations for the most part, you know, so it, it was fairly easy for me to come into that. But then those times where I needed a little bit of space from the 24 guys in our program and being in the kitchen all day, I would go to our prayer room that we have in the chapel and, and I'd sit in there, close the doors, get on my knees, you know, we have the chairs, you know, and sit and pray, but then stop and, li- you know, just listen, exactly. you know, and, and I'd be in there for 15, 20 minutes and then after I came out, I, it felt like a night and day difference. And I, I, I would tell guys, hey, if you're feeling, you know, man, I can't. Because sometimes it, it feels like you can't get away from somebody else in the program. And, you know, sometimes they're they're talking stuff that you don't really want to be involved with. You know, they're talking stuff of the world because st- they still haven't had that full transformation yet. Yeah. And going to that room was just a peaceful, you know, time. So I can get some time in prayer. I can give thanks of where I'm at. You know, even if things aren't going well, I can be grateful. You know, I, I see people every day that have a much tougher life than me at this moment, you know, and are in need of, of prayer, yet they're pushing forward, they're trusting in Christ, you know, and I, I can be thankful that I have the things that I have and that I'm able to do the things that I can. Yep. And, you know, that all came down to somebody said to me uh, when I was out of my house because of the fire, you know, and I said, you know, I'm just— I'm just so grateful, I said, but, you know, there's so many people that have it so much worse, They, you know. And uh, I said, you know, I have family that wanted me to come and friends that wanted me to come. And and I said, uh, I had the money if I had to go get a hotel. I wouldn't be thrilled about spending the money, but I'd have it. And then I also had a mission, and I have an office that, that frankly, I kept my cats in the office and I slept in the boardroom on an air mattress for several of those days. And there's a shower in the office that you may find that a strange thing to do. But when I had the cats with me in the same room, they kept me up all night. So everything went very well. And this individual said to me, yeah, but somebody else's suffering doesn't make yours any less. I said, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about gratitude. I, I'm, I'm looking at people and I'm seeing their circumstances and I'm praying for them and I, my heart is hurting for them because they don't have the opportunities that I have. And because I do have the opportunities, I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, is my house in jeopardy? Yeah, I guess it was, but I'm grateful. That's why I ask you guys to pray for the firefighters first because yeah. I didn't want any of those young men and, and women out on the fire line to give up their lives to fight that fire. So 
attitude, that attitude that we come to the Lord, and first of all, I'm grateful. Everything that I have, you have given me, and everything you take away from me was already yours to take, right? So at the last show, we were talking about some of the things that have a marked difference after we graduate the program or before we graduate. And so, uh, for instance, during the time that you were on the program, I don't know, did you ever get the opportunity to go watch a baseball game? Or? I didn't. Okay. I did quite twice. Okay. Twice. And you went to the fair too? I did once. Okay. So mm-hmm. let me ask you something. You were a program man. It was, you had been sober mm-hmm. for not a whole long time. What was it like going to a ball game or to the fair with the mission and not with alcohol or drugs? So I think that was probably the um, the first time I went to the River Cats game. I was like, by the time I got back, I was like, man, that was fun, right? And I was like, there was no like people, um, for lack of a better word, tripping or 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 you no know, arguments. There was no there was no nothing. We were it was just fun. It was cool. We had we had like Eileen there and and a couple of the other staff members, Pastor Mooney and um, Ernie King and stuff, and um, we were just out there hanging out and, you know, went and got some food and stuff and, and watched the game. And it was just a blessing all day. And then when I got back, I was like, man, okay, that was kind of cool. And then I got to go to the second one and I was like, oh, all right, it was the same thing. Like, no, that that's really awesome. So um, it, it showed me that there was more to just going out and hanging out than there was, you know, oh, like I got to I got to bring some some weed with me or something, or we got to have some alcohol, or we got to have some beers, or we're just not going to have any fun. We're just going to be sitting there watching some people toss a ball around, you know. And it was just, it was fun. Like you know, I got to I got to sit there and and, and hang out with my brothers and have conversations and and talk about stuff and just be you know just just kind of be myself without having to worry about anything else. It was amazing. Well, Matthew. On that same line, I know that you've probably been to the ball game and to the fair and stuff. And recently, we took a bunch of the guys, because uh, I like the staff to come in. I like to be part of some of that stuff, too. And so there was a nighttime game, and so we decided to take some of the program guys to the uh, soccer match. And so, I don't know, there was probably 10 program men. I, yeah, don't, I don't remember exactly. And staff, we had Eileen and her husband, David, and you and I were there, and we had Jeremy there, who, by the way, uh, in case you know, Jeremy is a soccer hooligan. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, we had a lot of fun with Jeremy is one of my chaplains, and Jeremy was in, he was excited in the game and I, everything, so we started calling him a soccer hooligan. Yeah. So we'll, we'll restrain him next time. <laughs> but... Just like I asked Willie, what is it like the first time that you experience being somewhere where you're going to watch the game not as an excuse to sit in the stands and drink? It's a difference, is it not? Yeah. So for me, um, I didn't get to experience that in my program because most of my program happened during COVID. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah. But, you know, I got to experience a few things, but on the flip side of it, being there as a staff member with guys that were in the program was a rewarding experience itself. You know, I've been to some other events outside um, after I've graduated with my brother. Um, I've done things with Will as sure. well. But yeah, being there with guys and just seeing that 
that kind of feeling. You know, they were having fun. They're joking amongst themselves. Everybody was just having fun, and there was no alcohol. There was no drugs, you know, and guys were generally having a good time, you know, and, and just showing them that, that life, that there's a life after the program. Like, the program is not going to be your life. Your life is not going to be, you know, structured in in the sense of how the program is structured eventually you're going to move on from that and you're going to go to do some of these things and maybe even go with friends or family or their kids if they have kids and do it sober and and have fun like will said you know i i love i've really taken up hiking and me too you know i couldn't i was like him i couldn't do anything without having a bottle of of vodka with me and i'd bring it in a water bottle everywhere and now it's, you know, I love just to go do stuff and it, and I have a blast doing it. And it's just, it's amazing, you know, to live a new life that Christ has given me. Absolutely. I feel the same way that, you know, when we went out to the soccer game, we had the guys with us and, you know, I'm sitting beside a couple of our program guys and everything. And, and, uh, they were actually saying that, hey, you know, how cool is it to be sober and, and watching? I've never been to a game before sober. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is a whole different thing. And, yes, I mean, I share with you that love of hiking. Matter of fact, I went out and paid more for a, a pair of hiking boots than I'd ever paid before because my feet hurt sometimes. <laughs> so I needed good ones, right? So, but – the amount of things that you can do are amazing. And I got to tell you a little insight of things. You know, when you, uh, we, I mean, we all know, you all know, because I said it 10 times, that, uh, you know, when Olga went home to be with the Lord, uh, I had been married for 47 years. It's difficult to be by yourself, to be the, the outlier, right? Some people who have always been single, it's not a problem for them. But you know what? Uh, when you're in a group of people, you know, you don't feel that. Yeah. I got, I got staff members. Some of them are married. Some of them aren't. I got staff. I've got program guys with me out there. And you know what? There's no separation. It's not like, oh, well, he's the director of the mission. You know, you better keep your distance from him. It's not that at all, man. I mean, mm-hmm. we were all together having a good time. And so for those of you that say to us, why would you spend money on these guys to go do stuff like that? Is that part of recovery? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it Absolutely. is part of recovery. First of all, the board members always contribute to that every week, or every week, every month when we have a board member, a board meeting. But the bottom line is I have told the chaplains and everybody else, we get the opportunity to take these guys out to a ball game. We get the opportunity. I don't care for the fair. So Pastor Mooney usually takes them to the fair. It's just difficult. Yeah, uh, I've never been a big fan of crowds and you know, yeah, corn dogs. Me either. <laughs> no. no, I like corn dogs. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, crowds can be difficult. But in the transformation that God presents us with, I think that many people think that oh man, God's going to take all the fun things away from me. Does God take all the fun things away from you? No. I've probably had more fun in my life in this past, you know, two years than I've ever had. And it's all been clean and sober. It's been being involved with my coworkers, my my church members, um, you know, my family. You know, first of all, me and my brother didn't really hang out that much prior because we always had differences. Yet 
um, God's restored all of that and and then some. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. When you start with a, you know, it's like a brand new day. When you get up in the morning and you happen to see the sunrise and you smell the fresh, clean air and, and there's a briskness to the outside, that's kind of how I think a lot of guys look at when they're clean and sober, going and doing things for the first time, huh? Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, this is how it's like? Yeah. You know? I mean, the best times I ever had in my life is when I took my kids places. Did I really want to be at Disneyland? No, not particularly. <laughs> but I loved being with my kids. Yeah. You know, and of course, I was sober and stuff. I, I, I drank, but I was never what you would call addicted, although... That's a relative term, I think. But, uh, you know, I had a job. I had a business. I had all those kind of things. But, you know, there was a time in my life when I started to overdrink and do things. And, yes, I never came out on the street. Nobody ever said, gee, that guy has a problem. But, you know, it seemed like everything I did I had to include alcohol with. Mm-hmm. You know, if I went to a party, I was drinking mm-hmm. and overdrinking. And if we went camping, we had to take wine and beer and stuff with me, you know, because I needed to do that stuff. And so did my friends, you know, and it was normal, but it wasn't righteous (laughs) and it wasn't good. And so uh, I'm with you. I like the outdoors. I love the mountains. I love the streams and everything. And Willie will, Willie is now a camper. So he's, (laughs) he's like Daniel Boone now. I do the camping thing. I don't do the Matthew, I want to hike for 17 hours from the time that the sun comes up until it comes down. I mean, this brother's a beast, man. I mean, it's for real. He, he hike hikes. You know what I mean? I can go do, I go do a little hike and stuff, you know, maybe something flat, you know, you know, walk around for a little bit. But I mean, this brother, he's on a whole nother level, man. Well, uh, you know what? Uh, you should come hiking with us sometime. I mean, you know. Is there pavement? Uh, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, and it's short. It's like six miles. Okay, okay. I mean, I'm not scared of a six-mile hike, just not a six-mile uphill hike. Well, he part, tried to, he, Matt tried this to is take through the forest. <laughs> <laughs> this is through the forest, oh, my man. friend. Yeah, no, but you know, Pastor, that, that, that is a, a blessing, right, that um, Brother Matt has been in my life. because um, Everybody needs a good friend. A- absolutely, man. Like, like you were saying, when... Um, when I was not in Christ, um, all of my friends seemed to last about as long as the money did, right? Or yeah. as long as, you know, the EBT card lasted, you know? No, that's and, um, how it is. And uh, since I've been at the mission and graduated, it's been the complete opposite, right? I have a whole new family, um, both in my church Amen. and at the mission. And I have a wonderful friend that I can do things with, so it's great. Well, we got one minute. Want anything to say anything before we sign off? Man, that's what I was saving for my closing thing right there. I can't. You did it. it. I can't believe it. Uh, again, I just want to thank everybody that uh, listens to the shows, that supports the mission, um, that comes down to help. Uh, it's it's been a great help. Amen. And you know what? The Bible tells us you'll know them by their love. Amen. And. You know what, that's one of the things that changes. When you see a man on our program who all of a sudden wants to go ahead and start helping our our guests that come in, that's a sure sign that that man is starting to change from the inside out because instead of wanting to just get, Mm -hmm. he's now wanting to serve and to to give. And so um, 
these two guys, you guys are always welcome to come down and take a tour with me. Uh, I'm there most of the time, and I, I love to give tours. These guys I love as well. And so, as always, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to ugmsac.com, ugmsac.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.